Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Well, it was the big news of the day. It broke uh, just as we were getting on the air. U.S. Uh, appeals Court rejects the notion that Donald Trump is immune from prosecution. Uh, we bring in Jill Hasday from the University of Minnesota uh, as we uh, talk to her uh, numerous uh, issues regarding courts. She joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. I'm a little confused, Jill. Is this just in relation to the uh, election interference case, or does this apply to other cases as well? Well, this decision is just stemming from the charges that the special counsel, John uh, Smith, brought that were related to election interference. Um, But it potentially could apply to other cases as well. The punchline of the case is Donald Trump alleged that he had, or tried to argue, that he had absolute immunity from criminal prosecution for anything he did while he was in office. <clears throat> and the D.C. Circuit, which is basically the court one below the Supreme Court, said that once President Trump left office, he became citizen Trump. He has no uh, immunities or special defenses from criminal prosecution. He's just like anyone else. So, Jill, if he's convicted of obstructing this election, election interference, whatever the charges are, does that stop him from running for president or being president? This case isn't really, I mean, obviously this is uncharted waters. No one really knows yeah, the answer. Right? <laughs> um, but this case really isn't, is just about, it's not about whether he committed the allegation, you know, he, whether he actually interfered with the election and violated federal law. It's just about, is he immune from prosecution? So it's uncharted it's uncharted waters. I mean, I so think even if they said, OK, I know this is a separate case. I guess what I'm asking you is, is to look in the future and say, OK, they've decided this. What if the next court decides that he did commit election interference? Would he be allowed to run for president or be the president? <laughs> I know that's a hard question, Jill. I'm Crazy. sorry. Well, I mean, here we are. People yeah. have said that. So, I mean, one way I think about it is when would this trial take place? Mm-hmm. He has until Trump has until February 12th to appeal to the Supreme Court, which he'll presumably do. And then the Supreme Court has the option, you know, can set whatever schedule uh, it wants. It would be possible to have this trial before the election, but it also would be possible, given whatever the schedule the Supreme Court chooses to extend it after the election. And then after the election, I mean, this is a federal prosecution. If Trump is ele- Trump is elected in 2024, I think it's pretty obvious that this prosecution would stop. Trump would be in charge of the Justice Department. It would stop the prosecution. Um, so the question is, what happens if he could if he could be convicted before he's elected before the uh, 2024 um, election? I think, I mean, it's pretty uncharted territory right could he be elected from jail 
I Maybe. Feel, I mean, I mean, I mean that's insane. But it is yeah, insane, it and, I, I, and I know, and I get it that there's confusion here. But I right. feel like this is a question that we should yeah. be able to answer with certainty. But we can't yet. Nobody. Well, can. I mean, I think that's one. So one reason I think Trump pursued this appeal was obviously he would like to be immune, but sure. also from Trump's perspective, delay oh, is an enormous right. an advantage. Yes. That's and that's generally been his strategy through lit- litigation throughout his life, even just in kind of business dealings. Yep. But delay, you can see, is an enormous advantage because if he, obviously he thinks he's going to win in November 2024, and then this ends. Jill, I'm looking at the um, filing right now. It's 57 pages long. Um, and what we're learning is the headline, basically, that the appeals court says that he is not immune. Was there anything else in this decision in the 57 pages that we need to know about? Anything? I, I don't know if you read the whole thing yet. I did, read it. I did read it. Um, okay. <laughs> I think there, I mean, there's a few things that are inter- were interesting to me. The court starts by saying whatever immunity the president may have had when in office expires when he left office. But then later on, it seems to, at least as I read it, it basically says, even when you're president, you actually are not immune from crimes. Um, So that, you know, remember when Donald Trump in the campaign trail said I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue? Right. I read the Supreme Court is saying, I'm sorry, the D.C. Circuit is saying, actually, you couldn't do that even as president and be immune. Um, Something else that was interesting is, it's actually the last footnote of the opinion but they discuss an argument that Trump himself didn't make, but some third parties made, which was contesting the appointment of the special counsel and saying that he doesn't have the constitutional, the special counsel doesn't have the constitutional authority to act because uh, his position required Senate confirmation, which was not given here. And the D.C. Circuit, in this opinion, says we're not getting into it. This wasn't argued in the district court, but presumably that. Obviously, now that this idea has been planted, you know, the Trump lawyers will be pursuing this as well. Okay, so for the people looking at the Supreme Court where this is likely headed and they see a 6-3 conservative court, three of uh, whom were appointed by Donald Trump, uh, that say there's no chance that this court would uh, rule, uh, uphold this or even get to it before, before the election, what do you say to that? Do they have a right to be skeptical about that? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Okay, I guess I'll say a few things. Um, first thing I'll say is presidents arguing for absolute immunity have not had a great track record at the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court has said that presidents are immune from civil liability for their official actions, which I have to say to me makes sense, right? Something A choice you make as president, you shouldn't feel like someone doesn't like they're going to sue me. But at the same time, the Supreme Court has said, uh, presidents can be uh, held, even while they're in office, civilly liable for private conduct. That was the Clinton versus Paula Jones uh, case. 
The, the Supreme Court has also held relatively uh, recently that presidents are not immune from responding to criminal subpoenas. That was Trump v. Vance, uh, Donald Trump saying that he didn't have to respond to a subpoena from New, from New York. So the Supreme Court, I think, in general, has not been too sympathetic to these absolute immunity arguments, in part because they don't like the idea that anyone is above the law, including the president. So I guess my instinct would be, I hate to predict the future because I'm always so wrong, but I don't think the pre- I don't think the Supreme Court will be that excited about an absolute. At least a majority will be that excited about an absolute immunity from criminal prosecution argument. I think the closer question is what they'll choose to do on scheduling, because again, from Donald Trump's perspective, delaying the case is not as good, but pretty close to as good as winning on the merits. Because if he can just get to 2024. He thinks, you know, his problems will go away because he'll be president. Of course, he'll end the prosecution. We're speaking with constitutional lawyer from the U, Jill Hasday. Jill, we appreciate your expertise. And we were just talking about this during the break. Okay, what does this decision really mean? Obviously, legally, we know what it means, that the appeals court ruled that he doesn't have total immunity. Clearly, it'll go to the Supreme Court. But what does this mean? This means that Donald Trump, and, and I'm expounding on what I think here, is going to raise a ton of money today because this decision will not necessarily hurt him politically, <clears throat> but will probably only help get support from his followers and those who believe that all of these cases are a witch hunt. I, I, I will say, though, that the D.C. Circuit opinion was unanimous and one of the judges was appointed by a Republican. So, I mean, I, I so could I be wrong? I'd like to be uh, wrong. No, I know. Well, Donald <laughs> Trump presented as a witch hunt. I mean, mm-hmm. past practice suggests that's a good uh, mm-hmm. prediction. But mm-hmm. I myself would not uh, describe it in partisan terms because the courts in general, Republican and democratically appointed uh, presidents, have really been hostile to these absolute immunity claims when Donald Trump made them or when you know Richard Nixon made them before, even when um, Bill Clinton made a variety of that kind of argument. Because one of the tenets, I think, of American democracy is the idea that no one's above the law. Back to the scheduling part of it. Can mm. he, is, can Trump's team delay as long as possible filing the appeal? And is there any, um, I guess, how urgent, urgently would the Supreme Court take this up? And would they be under any pressure at all uh, to do so other than, you know, obviously they would be, but would they... I guess would they take it up sooner than otherwise, and then in a normal time, if you understand what okay. I'm saying. Okay, no, I, I understand what you're yeah. saying. So, the D.C. Circuit definitely cabined Trump's ability on his own to delay. He has until February 12th to appeal to the Supreme Court, or this case is going back to the district court, and the district judge has made every you know she's ready to go to trial. So. He has very he has very little window yes. to delay. I am sure he'll be appealing before February 12th. The Supreme Court has a significant range of discretion of when they could schedule it. They could schedule briefing and do the oral arguments within a month, or they could set it out from for months from now. Um, so I think the scheduling question and the scheduling question really is very crucial here. And so I mean that'll be something I'll certainly be looking at. Okay, before we let you go, uh, Jill, and I'm sorry if I asked you this, but the listener, a listener is saying, guys, ask her if a felon can become president. Is there a rule on that? Can a felon become 
president. if you commit a felony, can you become well, the president? I don't know why you would be disqualified, except, I mean, it could go to impeachment because it has one of the questions with impeachment is, has the president committed high crimes and misdemeanors? Mm-hmm. And you would think a felony would go uh, to impeachment, mm-hmm. but there's no impeachment requirement outside of Congress. Do you know what I mean? It's up to the House to vote to impeach and the Senate to decide whether uh, to convict. I don't think this is just not a scenario I think that the founders envisioned because, and you know, we really haven't had a situation before where someone is the front runner for a major political party when they're simultaneously subject to all these criminal indictments. The founders are rolling in their graves. 240 years in, we'll finally answer these questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Uh, we always appreciate the time. Thank Thanks, you so Jill. much. Thanks for having me. 1119. Yeah, constitutional lawyer. Again, more questions than answers because this is the first time we've done it. Well, really, at least in modern day, that we've done anything like this. We don't settle things with duels anymore. We don't, you know, this is the first time it has to go through this kind of not just political, but legal process. And see, to me, I want to bang my head into this microphone. Okay, great. Let's find someone who doesn't have all these problems, who's not accused. Of all of these crimes, who doesn't have 91 right. indictments against him? Let's let's find someone else. And their argument would be, well, the next guy is going to face 91 indictments really? too. Well, that's that the, they view this, and I'm seeing they his his supporters oh, yeah. view this as an absolute weaponization of justice to eliminate a political opponent. And I say, well, if you look at the track record, do you really believe that that you this think guy they was? Do? They, ob- they obviously do. I, I think they do. There's a certain percentage that absolutely, and the shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue absolutely would do nothing to change their mind about it. But that's the world we live in. May you live in interesting times. Oh, gosh. And those are questions that I guess have needed to be answered. And finally, when this is all said and done, I guess we'll be able to answer, hey, can a felon be president or can you serve uh, as president from behind bars? We'll know the answers. We'll know the answer. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 